No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. No Simple Road is sponsored by Shop Tour Bus. Yay! 
I don't even think I said the whole thing. I just went shop. Shop at Head over to at shop tour bus on Instagram or shoptourbus.com online. Pick yourself up something cool. It's the holidays and you should be buying presents for somebody else, not yourself. Well, I guess you can get buy stuff for yourself. Get something for yourself too. For yourself when you're out shopping and seeing all these. You should cool get yourself things. something little, at least. Well, a lot it, of people don't like doing things for themselves. You, you're the one I'm talking to. Some people have no problem with it. You're fine. But people who do buy yourself a nice uh, shop tour bus. Yeah, they yeah. got these eye of the world eye eyes of the world, short and long sleeves on deck. They got the Saint Stephen design. Um, they got hoodies and short sleeves. They got they got the Franklin's Tower shirt, which is my personal favorite design they've done. They got the steal your tape going on. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if I'm talking about designs and you're like, what do those look like? You can see all of them at shoptourbus.com online. And they will send this stuff to your house for free. How do you get it for free? Wait, does huh? everyone get, do free? get it for free? Yeah. Well, well Go ahead, Mel. Tell them. If you punch in the code No Simple Road at checkout after you place your order, they're going to deliver your goods for free. Oh, free. That's free. tight. And you know what? Like, it is Christmas time and you are buying gifts. And if this is one of those last minute things that you're picking up for somebody, you can put in the notes at checkout what you want written on the inside of your personalized hand designed one of a kind box. Merry Christmas. Or Enjoy you could tell shirt. them to put a little note in there and they will do so. Along with a bootleg, a pencil, stickers, cool stuff, gigas, articles, pictures that's rolled up in with their magical special twine. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Don't worry. We got you covered. Go to Shop Tour Bus and pick yourself up or that person that you don't know what to get something. Get them this and they will be stoked. And you'll get free shipping by putting in the promo code No Simple Road. And... And they will forever have the coolest box. I think all of us use her. I love my box. My box is sitting there where I see it every day. It's my it's trinkets box. Right. Mine yeah. too. Yep. Yeah, they're great. They're awesome And it's boxes. my upcoming it's concert it's ticket box. Mm. That's where the upcoming concert tickets go. That's a good mm. spot for that. Yeah. What about after you see the concert? Then it, they're supposed to go in a wooden box that's up on top of the shelf in our room that I can't reach without the ladder. So they're all just piled <laughs> in an envelope <laughs> in my drawer. That's a good place <laughs> for that. <laughs> so okay. anyway, the point is, Visit go to shoptourbus.com and get more, more than, than you bargained for. More. Bar... Hey. <laughs> what? Hey. What's up? Whoa. Hey. That was a, like, what it do? Hacha. That was like an intersection we all pulled up to and looked at each other. So one hey. of our wonderful sponsors. Is Define who? Premium Cannabis. Define. With two locations. One in Hillsboro, one in Forest Grove. And I don't know what else to say. Well, Except I'll tell that you they what. have the best cannabis products in the entire state of Oregon. One would even say premium. premium. One would say that. It's, a, it's in the name. Yeah. It is in the name. A variety of premium cannabis products. And you know what? It isn't just lip service. It's not just a name. I live with the dude that buys the 
supplies. Oh, so do I. That's weird. It's weird, right? So do I. So I get to sample the wares from Define Premium Cannabis quite often. And I have to tell all of you out there that it is not just a name. It is a real thing. And if you go in there and you're like me and you're overwhelmed when you walk into a dispensary, they are going to take the time to explain to you what's going on, to help match the product that fits your need. And they are going to care about what you walk out the door with. And guess what else? What else? I'm that dude you guys live with. Whoa! Oh, it works at Define. That, that does so make sense. So check it out. Check what out? If you come out to either location, Define at Hillsboro or Forest Grove, you mentioned that you listen to the show. If you come to Hillsboro, I'll come out and I'll take care of you Monday through Friday. If not, make sure you mention you listen and you will get 10% off your purchase and you will get what, Ryder? Thank you for backing up. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. So, Listeners are thanking you. You know what, you guys? There's a lot of choices here in Portland for your cannabis needs. And we won't have people that we don't believe in sponsor the show. Well, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> And so I just want all you guys out there to know that just because Apple works there, that is not the only reason that Define sponsors No Simple Road. It's because their shit is top notch. So take a take a minute, head out to Hillsboro or Forest Grove, tell them you listen to No Simple Road, get 10% off your purchase, get your free t-shirt, and take care of, of your, your head. head. part of the Osiris Podcast Network, and there's a lot going on. It, see, I think that a lot of people feel like Osiris is this established brand, and what I think a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> is that Osiris and No Simple Road are kind of the same age, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, we've, Very close we've to been it. around We're... the same amount of time, and so Osiris is growing, and they are continually doing bigger and better stuff and there's a few new podcasts i want to tell you guys about the first one is called let creativity flow and it's sponsored by splice and it's a it's like a three episode series and explores the evolution of music um, and technology through the eyes of the artists some music industry professionals some entrepreneurs and journalists and it it kind of like explores the fall of industry gatekeepers like record labels and how musicians use technology to create hits and the future of music creation and collaboration. It features interviews with John Barber and Aaron Magner of the Disco Biscuits, Steve Martosi of Splice, Andy Weissman of Union Square Ventures, and a bunch more. So if you want to check that out, you can go to OsirisPod.com forward slash creativity to check it out. And the first show premiered on November the 18th. So those are all out now. And then the next one is um, After Midnight, and the fourth episode came out on 12-12. And this podcast is centered around the 20th anniversary of Fish's Big Cypress Festival. And that, if you're not familiar with that, that's where the band like actually built a city for 80,000 people in the Everglades in Florida. It's fucking crazy, dude. They shut the highway system down, basically. Um, it has interviews with Trey and John and a bunch of the fans, and it's just awesome. So check out check that out at OsirisPod.com forward slash After Midnight. 
And then the last one I want to tell you guys about is freak flag flying. Say that 10 times fast. Don't do it, Ryder. Yeah, he's <laughs> gonna, you know he's going to do it. The trailer comes out the, this Thursday. Uh, is that this Thursday? 12-19? Is that this yep. Thursday? Yeah, yeah. It's this My Thursday. Comes out, yep. And this is, uh, check this out. I'll just read the copy to you guys. It's really cool. David Crosby is one of the most enduring and colorful figures in rock music. We wanted you to know about this new podcast, Freak Flag Flying, which features David in conversation with his friend and author Steve Silberman. The new interviews cover everything from David's earliest musical relationships with legendary peers like Bob Dylan, Jerry Garcia, Jefferson Airplane, and Steely Dan, and his years with Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. The limited series from Osiris launches on Monday, January 6th, but you can listen to the trailer and subscribe now at osirispod.com forward flip forward slash freak flag <laughs> forward flag fleet flag that's how that made flag, it forward flag. Flag. that sounds awesome yeah man so a lot of really cool stuff going on and then also i don't know if you if you guys follow us on instagram i posted in our story and on our page a couple of times uh about jam just happened and that is a live thing that's going to be happening every so often where they're different musicians are getting together that don't normally play together and they're going to jam and do a podcast. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool and that's going to be happening. So keep your eyes peeled for that and follow all the other amazing podcasts on the Osiris Podcast Network. No simple road. No simple road. No simple road. The Helping Friendly Podcast explores the music and fan experience of Fish through interviews and deep dives on shows and tours. And Quick Hits, a review of every show of the tour the next day with someone who was there. We started HF Pod in 2013 to bring the fan voice into the discussion. We're six years in, and with the help of our guests, we're still discovering new angles of appreciation for the band we all love. Whether you're new to Fish or you've been listening for years, we think you'll find something to enjoy on HF Pod. Search for the Helping Friendly Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or find us on the web at hfpod.com. Sing it, Ryder. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah. That's we're recording, a good original Christmas song. Because yeah, it, it's, we might actually re- it's actually recording this time, and you can sing whatever you want. You're allowed. We might get dang. It's, it's okay. Hey, now, No Simple Road family, this is take two of the intro. We were oh, really shit. We were really doing good there, too. Wow. Well, you know. Stuff happens. Is this this week's guest is Noah Lampert. Oh, we're starting all yeah. the way. Yeah, we got to do Noah. All the way back to the beginning. Wow. Yeah, Noah. that happened. Noah. <laughs> so, you know what, you guys? If you haven't checked out the Synchronicity podcast, you need to go give it a listen. It is one of the shows that I've been listening to quite a bit lately, and it has had a profound effect on my day-to-day. It, um, that's why we got Noah on the show and I think you guys are going to be really, really happy with the conversation that came out of all of us getting together and hanging out for a little while. Um, but, you know, you know how this works. Before we do that, we got to do this. So we're doing this. How's mm-hmm. everybody doing now nice. that we're here? We were just, we were, okay, we were so, so this here. is what happened. We were in the <laughs> middle of recording the intro and two of the tracks didn't come through. And we were having a really great conversation about gratitude. 
So and why don't you take it off first? Okay. I, the so question was that Aaron asked originally was name one highlight of the year that pops out. pops out. You know, there's a million of them, but which is the first one that jumps out at you? So I, I'm going to give the same answer I gave 20. We probably should. A minute and a half ago. But uh, <laughs> for me, it, it the first one that popped into my head was Skull and Roses Festival. Becoming... That that was the first time that we were the official podcast of anything, anything, and being the official podcast of that particular festival meant so much to me personally and us as a show because of who I am and who we are, and in that our roots, yeah, and that thing recognizing us and me and and taking us to the inside of it and allowing us to use our creativity and our time and our talent to make that thing more special than it already was, was a huge milestone for us. And, and it started a whole thing. It started Northwest string summit and summer meltdown and all the stuff that's going to happen in 2020. And, we met so many wonderful people there. We, we finally got to hang out with Claire and, you know, Rubinowski and, and Delaney Roth. and company and, and Roth and, and Ash and the Higgs and Alpine camp and on and on and on. Yeah. That was and all the stuff that happened there was stellar. And it was the, st- it was in April of this year, which seems Still like 25 years ago, mind. but it, it, it it was this huge thing that started 2019 on this really good foot. The good foot. And we started 2019 at Railroad Earth. That and, was amazing. And then shortly after that, we were at Terrapin. Oh, yeah, Terrapin. And then Love You Down. And then Love You Down. And Love You Down. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa. So, Ryder, what about your, thing, your highlight? Mine is, is, was, and is still... Uh, the entire weekend of the wedding. So fun. Um, the, I mean, I love traveling in general and I got to travel on my own plane, which sounds <laughs> mean, but like, I don't like traveling in groups of people. I love traveling by, by myself. Yourself. It was very nice. We talked about that. We did. Yeah. <laughs> it is chill. There's nothing We love else. you, man. I, love, I get it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, there's no one. There's, yeah, there's no know. offense. There's we all live together. Whatever, we can I'm spend uh, two hours good. away. Uh, and then like immediately the wedding was like the next day and I got to go. Like I spent the whole day with my sisters and we went and picked up my aunt Allie, your sister, and then we spent the like whole wedding together. And I, like I said earlier, I'd never given a speech at a wedding before and that was scary and fun. You're I wish nice. you guys could You're see it. Sid's unofficial official big brother. It's, I'm a lot of people's unofficial. Yeah, official and Simon's <laughs> too. And it was really cool to see you Even and Simon up there yeah. giving a speech to Sid. It was really nice. Yeah, it Even was awesome. though you're my nephew, you're sometimes my big brother too. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I got the big brother vibes. <laughs> yeah, you man. Do. Mel, your turn, baby. Um, mine was going to Austin for my birthday and spending time with my baby, Jaspie. <laughs> and being there for Sid while she killed it on her photo shoot and just spending time in a city. And what I said before we had to <laughs> record it was, you know, Sydney and I had years ago, this whole like 
you know, dream of when she made it big or, you know, when she started like working and making good money that, you know, I'd fly out to wherever she was at and watch the baby. Like there was no baby before, but we just like made up this whole scenario. (laughs) And, um, when I got there, I realized like, holy shit, this is like the first night that I was there, me and Sydney talked in bed till like almost like one in the morning and she had to like get ready and you know, like mom, I got to go to sleep. I can't have puffy eyes. Mom, in the morning. Shut up. But <laughs> we were both like just so excited to see each other. And just, we were, the wedding was very short, you know, time after that. And so there was so much like going on. And it, to me, what I realized was I'm not like working toward a better life. I'm living this great life and so that was my whole like thought process realization yeah that, because that you're you've already manifested the thing yeah yeah I, I'm not wishing for my dream to come true I'm living my dream and realizing it oh. and it was powerful it was a fucking powerful moment and then just walking around Austin with a baby in a freaking pouch <laughs> with him talking and he got a sang a song sang to him by a, a busker out in front of triple Z records <laughs> which buzz gave you that Sasquatch shirt from like yeah. there was so many things that drew me to the show that drew me back home and then I've got my grandson like it was my most proud moment with no one watching. Mm, that's rad, babe. Mm-hmm. Well, except for him. He's such a, well, exactly. he is such a like active child. Like the yes, way, he is. The way he looks at everything. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's amazing. Else. We can't so, forget, yeah. can't forget you, Apple. Oh, what? what we're, we're getting there. We're lingering there. Oh, I really, mm-hmm. really appreciate when you guys let me have dinner last week. That's cool. That's <laughs> All right. So family. anyway, never <laughs> again. Ow. That was oh, it. No. Oh, no. Oh. Okay, first of all, I add a cliff note to his real quick. To we all we all say the wedding, but I had one of the funnest times this year I've ever had with Ryder. Me and Ryder have had a lot of fun times at the wedding when he was dressed like the devil and I was oh, Santa yes. Claus. And that was we, a sight for sore we eyes, guys. Imbibed quite a <laughs> yes, bit that night. Did. Like everybody on the libations, and we're having a good time. And that we was were, so we were so getting, so fun. We were getting rowdy before. Yeah, we're getting rowdy out. at the church because everybody's wanted to take their pictures with Satan and Santa. Yep. Of course they did. So <laughs> anyway, I, I said to mine earlier, it was my mom and my nephew coming to visit for Thanksgiving this year. I hadn't seen either of them in Shout two, out two, years, and Will. two years plus. And yeah. And they drove all the way up here from Fresno. That's what was so sweet, too, is what William. From where? Fre- <coughs> from the Fresno area. From Fresno. Yeah. We, we call it Fresno here. For, sorry. For sure. I, I trailed <laughs> off of, from Fresno. And it was really sweet because my nephew wanted to spend time with my mom. Um, so they had a nice long trip together. Came up here, spent a week, and we just had a great time. And It was a great time. My family here was all part of that. They they felt so, so they, they both said it was the best Thanksgiving they've Aww. had. That's awesome, dude. In a long time. Because they don't get, they don't either, they don't get that a lot either. The whole home cook thing, family you know, you know, sitting down. It was a great dinner that say night. Say what you will about, you know, psychedelic family and the lifestyle that we live and and all that for what the perception of those type of people, like from the outside looking at us have a perception of what we are, who, how we do things. We really do some very traditional stuff. 
Oh yeah, we have a very homey home. <laughs> yes, very man. welcome tradition. Yeah, like, I don't think anybody. <laughs> there, well, not, not there's a perception. Who? Like, like, if we where? let him look, nobody says it's going to yeah, see. Yeah, we all are normal people. Like we, we hiding, look very normal from here. We don't have like when crazy piercings or when face tattoos. People or, at work, or I'm which just, I love just on the street. Like they see video of the crowd at a fish show. Or oh, the, okay. a shakedown street. Yeah. Not necessarily it's us. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm talking trying to us. understand I'm where I'm, 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 like, the uh, wider us, yes. the greater people we. People who take like, oh, they did psychedelics. Yeah, so capital U. Exactly. You go hang out with them, it's going to be all weird. And... Yeah, no, man. And I think that what your mom, my mom, your sister, um, your nephew, Apple, what they experience when they come up here, that... Um, affects them is love. Yeah, it's love. It's mm-hmm. it's a real like in this house there is a tangible feeling of love. You you said it today. You were like you and I were talking about. Um, I driving home. I had a headache and I didn't feel good. But then you know I get home and I'm like, oh, this is yeah, where this gone. is where my people are, and I get to like. Let my hair down for a night until I got to go back out into the world tomorrow and I'm safe here. Yeah. I think that's, that's the thing. And, and I think that's a misconception that the outside world has about this community. Yeah. yeah. Is that, <clears throat> you know, we're all dropping acid every night and snorting lines of cocaine off of hookers you know what i mean and well we have those things but we also have family dinner we do (laughs) (laughs) that has yes but and and also the reason that i brought up the gratitude thing is um not just because of the time of the year because this is an introspective time right now always around new year's you get introspective about the whole year that just passed and think back over the milestones the good the bad and all the stuff that happened but for me, lately, I've really realized the importance of being grateful for what's happening right now. I used to be the kind of person that was always looking forward or needed something to look forward to. We all were. Yeah. That's and what Melick was just talking about, too, at the thing in Austin. Like, when you realize, like, holy shit, I'm living. I need to slow down and live my life mm-hmm. and quit worrying about the planning and the expectations. And that's when you're truly there. And well, what I, Go ahead, babe. Well, I was just going to say, when we were a younger couple, like, a lot younger, and I... I can't remember if it was like after you'd come back from rehab or there was like around that time. And I remember us having which a conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. The fir- I don't know which time. <laughs> but then we what? were having a conversation about how, and you were like so like adamant, like I have to have something to look forward to. Like I have to, like you were like drawing a line in the sand. You're like talking about like, I think we we're talking about like a vacation or something like and there was nothing 
like to think about or nothing going forward. We were living. Yeah, we were just a fix. Yeah, we were having some normal life. Like we work and we get paid and we We have kids and we're doing our thing. Yeah. And it used to frustrate me so bad because I'm like, what the fuck? Like you've got a bomb wife, you've got a bomb place, you've got a good job. Like what more do you want? You know? And it was a huge source of contention for me earlier in our marriage. Yeah, years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then seeing you grow out of it, I mean, you still are very much forward thinking, but your behavior is much more present. Yeah. I <clears throat> I realized. And I appreciate it. Thanks. We were at a Phil and Friends show at the Brooklyn Bowl in Vegas in, I'm being Jake right now, in 2015. And, uh, I had been looking forward to the show. We were, we were talking about moving at that time. I was looking forward to moving and like, and we were tripping and I was in the middle of the trip in the second set of the show. I was super high and out, out there. And, and I thought to myself, you're always looking forward to the next thing and you're missing the thing that's happening while it's happening because you're sad that it's already almost over. We had, we had that at fish or something. No, I, Not this fish. was at Phil in Ve- I'm talking about that. And, and was that, I thought it was here. No. Okay. And, sorry. and, uh, it really like, it was a huge realization for me in the middle of the show. Like I've been missing everything that's happening because I'm, I'm sad that it's already over and there's not the next thing to look forward to. And I'm not even experiencing the thing you were looking the thing forward I was the looking forward time. to the whole you fucking time. Yeah. That reminds me of somebody we interviewed on the show. Uh, what? Oh, your dad. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, I'm being a smart ass. Your dad said the exact same thing you wow. did when we were, when he really was talking. Yes, he when did. When we asked him about, you know, did you enjoy that show? He's like, as soon as oh, I finished producing right. it, as soon as that show started, I was already, thinking I, I had about no time to one. think about it. I was thinking about yep. the next one. I took no time to enjoy it. Holy shit, yep. dude. Wow. We are our fathers. Ah, we, we need to go back and yeah, listen to that, babe. Wow. <laughs> that just hit me like a time. I almost felt like I was looking at your dad for a second. Yeah, man. It happens as we get older. But you know what? Ever since then, it, you're learning to deal with it. Ever, it was, But I, I've made it a point to, I'll use the cookie party. As an example, I make it a point to be present in the moment and experience, feel the feeling of being in the thing instead of what's going to happen 10 minutes from now. What's the next conversation going to be? What's the whatever, whatever. I'm allowing myself to feel the feeling of the now more. And that's what does it feel like? That's gratitude. That's what I'm getting around I to. That is what gratitude yeah, man. is. Active gratitude is just experiencing the moment and being thankful. thankful for yeah, yeah, being thankful for that moment. Mm-hmm. It, dude, it, and it it's a game changer, man. It of course there's always going to be shit in everybody's life. There's going to be stuff that happens, man. The, there, there's going to be things that happen that you don't like. You got to do shit you don't want to do. We we all go through it, but you know what? For the most part, I'm just speaking for me because I'm I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing this life as 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 a body named Aaron. I really feel like that that gratitude is like the key to rich a rich life. 
Like, I don't feel like I need anything. I, I even, even with no simple road, I, I had that. It's got to get bigger. We have to grow the show. I, I want to be doing it full time. And, and that was where I was looking all the time and missing these wonderful conversations that we were having while we were having them because I was thinking about the fucking next one mm-hmm. already. And that, you know what's also though, what you're saying to you is because the, you guys are going to hear it in here. That's how this starts off with Noah talking about being fulfilled. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, look at that. He's talking about how he feels very fulfilled. Oh, that's and, right. And you have yeah, yeah, to yeah. start. You have to I do remember. exactly what we're talking about. You can't feel fulfillment if you're always doing that, looking on to the next thing or having those expectations. I'm so and glad you're talking about pressure this on yourself. Because for a long time, like that really bothered me. Because during that time, like you said, 2015, right? Yeah. You said 20. Yeah, it was 2015. Well, like. So 2012 was when I went away to yoga. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, I was already doing yoga and stuff like that. All of that shit is mindful and present, present based. And so seeing somebody that was doing that, that's your partner, and you're being trained and taught how to stay in the now, it was such a, like... Push and pull. Yeah, it was really challenging at times. And just to hear you talk about it on your own with your own um, expiration date for that is, mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah, man. I, I What a great like gift we've been given by being able to do this show. So like I was thinking about this as I was driving home tonight. Like I listened to Noah's podcast and I thought to myself, it would be really rad to have a conversation with him. And two weeks later, we record a conversation with him. O'Teal. It would be rad to talk to him. I mean, I could a hundred and whatever episodes. I had that thought for each one and that happened. And that's a gift. That's, that's whatever you want to call it, giving you a gift. You're, Imagining something happening and then it happens. Yourself. And okay. And it's true, right? Yeah, because totally. you, you've had these thoughts, you put out the effort to make it happen. You then when it when manifests Yeah, then it manifests and this what you're doing right now is completing the circle. You're acknowledging that you're grateful for what you've been given totally. instead of talking about yesterday was it yesterday i think we were on the phone i can't remember maybe when we were you and i were together at some point talking and i was like yeah joking around yeah get your boss to fire you or something like that i was at the party you guys are all telling my (laughs) boss to fire me and then and then aaron was like no i don't want to i don't want to get fired i want to work there and my jaw like (laughs) dropped and i was just like Wow. Because when there's no fucking pressure about trying to get to do Patreon, which I'm not hating on Patreon, do Patreon, do Patreon still. But like I can stop working and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, we're doing a show, whatever they give us or whatever happens. That's 
above and beyond what we already get. We are infinitely abundant. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and so it was just funny because when he you said that, I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> you don't want to quit. You don't want to get that's fired. Not yeah. I have not heard that. Yeah. No, man. So I don't you know, what, a, you know you, what's amazing, too, is the how we keep talking about the show has become organic now because we pick. It's a non-GMO. We, we, pick, some, <laughs> we pick some of the guests that we want to interview, but has now come to where we're getting suggestions from listeners of mm-hmm. people to interview Thank that you, we Daniel don't Shapiro. really know of and learn of, and we're getting bands coming to us. We yeah. have so many... It's coming to us now as well as, uh, you know... Well, we've said that before, that No Simple Road <laughs> is alive, and it's, it's its own thing. Like, it does things without us asking it to do stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, and those are awesome ones. When it's somebody we don't really know, it's all—it's also because we're getting to know new friends, just like listeners. Well, and it's I think it's new. great when people reach out to us only because they feel like their content should be on our show. So yeah. that means something. Like, I belong on that show with the people that listen. Like, they that's are... That's my tribe. Yeah, so to me, that's amazing and fucking rad that listeners want to be on musicians reach out management reaches out like these would be great like yeah i'm just grateful for that aspect of it as well on that note i want to read you guys um a dm that came to me um maybe it was today i don't know it was either today or yesterday time is weird and fluid and plastic but um it's from at malin music and we had a little conversation about something i posted in our story and then he said um i appreciate you guys tons i've been realizing lately the familiness of your podcast really does make it feel like my home base in the podcasting world like the dead are for me in the musical world i always come back to yours for that sense of community you infuse in the show with all that's starting to inspire the fresh musical happenings around these parts. Mad gratitude for all yous do. Yeah, that's really Thank well. You. That's a huge. That's what <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like that too. Like, I know that I'm part of this train, but I also would be on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I would. I'd be listening. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I do listen to every show. I think maybe there's one show that I haven't listened to all the way through. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't remember, but I just know that I didn't finish the episode. But, like, other than that, it is, like, my home. Like, our voices, like, soothe me. <laughs> it, I feel like I can be anywhere, and then I put the podcast on, and I feel like we're hanging home. out. Yeah. So we, I don't feel like I need to hurry to home or do anything. It is, it we is leave home. it on at home now for, for Darwin. The dog. Yeah. So he doesn't pee in the house. That was a good recommendation. So and now he doesn't pee in the house yeah. when we leave because he feels like we're home. Well, right. you've also been giving him CBD. Yeah, and so. he's hot. <laughs> um, a little bit of, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Sam and his brother Luke came to the party the other night there are a couple people that were listeners of the show that we met at a concert here and i felt Cut a, a connection with them and invited them to the party anyway point being luke said something to me and I, you guys didn't hear this uh they were getting ready to leave and and we were talking about <laughs> um marco benevento and he said dude i didn't know who marco benevento was i had never i mean i didn't know his solo music I heard it under your commercials and looked it up and found out about it like that. 
And he said, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Don't take this the wrong way. He said, I listen to your podcast. I listen to every episode, but I most of the time don't listen to the interviews. And I was like, what? He was like, I just tune in to hang out with you guys and hear what you have to say. Well, welcome. He's like, well, but if I'm interested in the person that you're interviewing, yeah, then I'll stay that. and listen. And that's not the first time we've gotten that. <clears throat> no. That's a trip, man. Yeah. So thanks, Luke. Well, there was like people that are friends on Instagram that don't even listen to the show or haven't listened to the <laughs> I show. I mean, and, and don't <laughs> have crazy. an interest in some and of the I, yeah. If I listen to the show, that's all I listen to. Look, I'm not. There's another, like, I have a ton of girlfriends and I don't think any of them listen to the show. And it has nothing to do with they don't like us or anything like that. Like they're maybe just not huge music fans. So to kind of scroll through a library or a catalog of people that yeah, you don't even who's know. Who's Till Burbridge? Who's yeah, Twiddle? exactly. Yeah. And why is it a big deal? But the what we do before and sometimes after when we kind of do our wrap up, like that right there is like some of the best conversation and some of the most open and honest um, that you're going to hear in your whole week. Well, d- depending on who you are. It's our therapy. It yeah, this yeah. is therapy it's for us, us too. Sometimes we No, sit I'm not down. putting it only on them. I'm, I'm including oh, yeah. myself as a listener too. Oh, okay. Like, you know, okay. like I'm, I'm taking it from, from both sides. Like w- all of us four, we get to kind of like get our week out or mm. our year out or our frustrations out. And then, listeners will write to us and about those things and be like oh my god yeah that's so right on or so also uh shout out to uh tiff i can't remember her name yeah Yeah. you know who you are tiff (laughs) on insta um she met us at the marco benevento concert and um just sweetheart yeah All of this, this line of conversation can sound very self-aggrandizing and does it and narcissistic but but (laughs) but but. you know what man we're awesome and totally (laughs) rad and cool and amazing and we can talk all the shit we want about how amazing and awesome we are no writer people should feel really good about that i I was just i was 100 i was 100 i was just gonna say you should be proud of the work that you do yeah it's okay yeah i think that the the world at large has put this idea into the, the the collective consciousness that it's it's not okay to to like what you do you have to be like oh my stuff sucks i'm not that false good. humility okay, is not helping anybody and, and there's a there's a there is a fine line between being an asshole well, and liking the stuff that you do it it, it all comes down that's to confidence. the number one rule don't, don't be, be a, a dick, dick. Yeah. you yeah. can be a confident person without being don't be a, a cocky dick, dick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a cocky dick that's a so double on is a and you know what like maybe totality. whoever's out there listening think about your shit that you've done this year and like give yourself props and your yeah. man and your girl and your sisters and your brothers and like think hey, about listen, that i'm going to say this right now no matter what kind of year you had mm. no matter how you think you did how you think everyone around you did you had a you killed it you're you started the year and we're and ending, ending the year it. and that's sure. fucking awesome dude i was just gonna say you know what not everybody's had amazing shit happen for them this year but guess what but you're still here there's 365 you're, you're days. still breathing mm-hmm. you're still doing your thing and guess what tomorrow when you wake up everything can change uh, last year at christmas time I didn't have money to buy Christmas presents. I found a bunch of money sticking out of an ATM with nobody around. You never know when things can can yeah. change. 
So yeah, stuff can happen. Story he tells. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. That really Bunch happened. Bunch of money sticking out of a bank. Hey. <laughs> oh, no. That really happened. Um, but I just want to tell everybody out there that we're really grateful for you guys, man. And yeah. you that are listening to the show right now are the reason that we do what we're doing. And if the mics weren't here and nobody could hear it, we'd still be sitting around the table talking to each other, but maybe not scheduled, but no, not scheduled, but <laughs> yeah, you know it what, man, special, it, it, it's, it's added something special, but it's added something really amazing to all of our lives. And we, it, the fact is not lost on us. And so I think if everybody here put it in a big pot, one of the things that we're grateful for is you guys out there and we love you guys. No simple road family. You're fucking amazing. And shout out to you, Preston. Yeah. Oh, Preston. Preston. Yeah. Shout out, Preston baby. Light. So let's do the business <laughs> so we can get to Noah. Because everybody's like, D- what? Is there an episode this week? Are you guys just going to talk about this gratitude? Is the episode. Or? We are the episode. <laughs> um, you want to start us off, Ryder, with the business? Yeah. Go ahead and visit us on Instagram at No Simple Road. Um, we've got, I mean, Aaron kills it on that thing yeah, every, every day. Anytime anyone wants to. Yeah. The storyline lately is very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Thanks guys. And, uh, hit us, please, please. Um, if you're feeling generous, it is the giving time of year. Go to Patreon forward slash no simple road. Patreon.com. Patreon.com. That's how it, internet works. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, if you're feeling generous, please become one of our wonderful, wonderful Chan donators. Look, that is the way that we pay for everything on the show. If you're new to podcasting, that is how all the hosting gets paid for, all of the equipment, all the back end stuff that all costs money to bring you the show every week. So if you gave a buck a month, that would be you paying a quarter a show because we do, we do four, we do four shows a month. So that's, yeah, 25 cents a show, man. And it's Christmas. It's Hook Christmas. Up the no if, you family. Did, if you just want to give a one-time gift, we also have a PayPal. Uh, PayPal. No simple road at gmail.com Thank is you. our PayPal. Um, you can go on Facebook and join the No Simple Road family group. We do have a new five-star review. You want to read it? I don't have my phone. I will. We'll get somebody, it. We have somebody the, we have please, the Discord. Yeah, we have the Discord. Please leave us Reddit. five-star reviews. Um, it gets the show out to more and more people. It just it looks good, and it makes our hearts <laughs> happy well, every it's time we so hear fun. It does. Well, that, that's the thing I was... The last time we talked about that, there is a rating system for podcasts the same way there is for music. Like, you know how they're like, that single came in the top 100 or whatever. That's That same thing happens for podcasting when you guys leave those five-star reviews and you subscribe and download the show that makes us go up in yeah, in the charts get us up in that hundred we top are top 100 we are, are we all time uh, we're in the we top we're in the music are we right in? we are in the music we the other day and we weren't in the music, music podcast sorry. no sorry Everybody shush in the music interviews category okay we are number 36 today See? You guys need to get us wow. into that all-time podcast, 100, yeah. top 100. New and noteworthy. So <laughs> let's hear this review, Mel. Um, this is just a short, cute little sentence that says it's a five-star, and it's from the Joey SFC. Thanks so much for bringing us all closer together. Love you guys, Joe. Rainbow 
<laughs> lightning bolts, skull, <laughs> and fish donut. Yeah. Right. Yay. Joe, we Thank speak you. your name. Thank you so much, Joe. And I haven't shouted this out thing. on the on the show in a while. If you've got something to say, if you had a really oh, yeah. really good trip What's or something number? amazing happened to you or you want to give a trip report for a show or talk about a set list or give us a recipe or, or tell us cool, Merry Christmas or whatever. Do something completely silly like yeah. we've gotten several times. You can call the Tepid line at 971-808-1524. That number again is 971-808-1524. Wow. All right. Yeah. So that's the business. I love that it's called the tepid line. Yeah. It's, well, the hot, it's not the hot line. Fear of a it's craft beer planet has the lukewarm line. So we have We've the tepid, tepid line. Most radio stations have a hot line. Yeah. Well, because there's this hot. Yeah. We're, we're tepid. Yeah, tepid. tepid. One thing before we start, I do, I, we mentioned it, we do it with our dog. Uh, I, I recommend you leave us to babysit your dogs during the day. Yeah. What? Put on No Simple oh. Road on your Sonos <laughs> yep, or, your, we or your speakers or whatever. And we'll babysit it. your dog. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to get you to the interview, guys. Noah, you, thank you're gonna, you for being yeah, on the show, man. Again, yeah. Noah. Thank you. You're the man. We appreciate you. Thank you for pulling that tarot card at the end of the episode, too. That was very special for Mel and I. Um, her and I have been reading tarot since mm, a couple of years after we got married. And uh, we both use the Toth tarot deck. And, well, Mel uses a bunch of decks. So that card was very significant for her and I. And uh, I appreciate you doing that for us, man. Well, I know it was for the show. Yeah. And uh, also, all you out there, don't forget, listen to Synchronicity Podcast. And also listen to all the Osiris podcasts that are out there on our network. So here we go. Everybody ready? What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Already, adjust your pillows. Make sure your seatbelt's on if you're driving. I've braced myself. Go. Brider's braced himself. You guys out there, remember the rules. Safety third. Hydrate. Hydrate beverages. All right, here we go. Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Noah Lampert from the Synchronicity Podcast. That's probably the most important thing. Noah, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Thanks uh, for I yeah, of course. Um, I am gonna allow the other two individuals that the have been haranguing two. me for the past few minutes <laughs> to to say their piece. We have to do We've something. We've been allowed. Yeah, you can talk, Mel. Okay, Go ahead, Mel. okay, Noah. Um, I'm a little scared, but <laughs> my name's Mel. <laughs> no, man. Welcome to the. Well, we're not on the porch. Welcome to the dining table. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we've been forced inside, and this is Apple. Thank you for joining us, Noah. Yeah, man, happy to happy to be here. And also, Noah, I have to say, Noah, why? Why do you have to do that? Because <laughs> my uh, cousin's son, his it name is, is Noah, Noah, and we used to mess around like that. I'd be like, Hey, Noah, and <laughs> that's how I always. Talk. So every anytime anyone has the name Noah, that's what I think. That's who they are. <laughs> but that's kind <laughs> of appropriate for you and your friggin' what's going on and blowing up in your world, man. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun time. 
Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Just how fun. We've been watching. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty uh it's been pretty pretty intense over the past 6 or 7 months particularly, but um yeah, things are things are going really well and uh I feel I'm just very happy and I think the word I'm looking for more than anything is I feel fulfilled for like the yeah. first time and not just for like glimpses, but like it's been a stable fulfilling mm, feeling continual. through ups and downs. Yeah, it's been awesome. So, yeah. So Noah, now it's a way of life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Noah, for everybody out there that doesn't know who you are, will you introduce yourself to them, please? Yeah, I am uh, Noah Lampert. I have a podcast. I'm probably most known for my podcast, Synchronicity, at this point. Um, I'm a podcaster, a musician. I do astrology and tarot readings now i laugh when i say that because i wasn't doing it three months ago but and that's now so cool i think there's <laughs> something very attractive in a, a spiritual way that you're just like barely Fuck learning it, it. and yeah like i don't fucking know but we're gonna figure this out and that's what shows people the intuition and the magic of the deck it's yeah. like someone yeah. can just be barely learning and still hit a strike a chord with you yeah. And, you know, like truthfully, I I really describe at least what happened for me with astrology and tarot is I, I it really feels like remembering more than mm, learning. Yep. It's like a very like Socratic way of looking at things that you don't actually ever learn anything. You just kind of remember this innate oh, wisdom. Yeah. And I, I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to start doing it through the podcast. So I just offered to do it for free, um, starting with tarot and then astrology. So like I did that was kind of dumb because like you know, hundreds of people hit me up <laughs> and like, and like I, I did like 50 to a hundred of each. And you know, after you do that many, yeah. you kind of know whether you're like full of shit or not. <laughs> so yeah. like, I was like, I'm definitely not. So, um, I just kind of scaled it up from there and I'm trying to like, now I'm figuring out like how to, how to make this available to as many people as possible. Um, but still offer, you know, like a cool way of doing it. Cause I've been doing in-person ones out here in LA. I've been here for a couple of weeks and it, those are really fun. So I don't know. It's just all fun is the truth. <laughs> it, it, that's the trick, man. That I, I think b before I get into that, first of all, <laughs> thanks, man. <clears throat> thanks. Yeah. Thanks for what you do, dude. It, <clears throat> it's meant a lot to me personally. Um, oh, yeah, for yeah. real. Like I started listening a while back and uh maybe two months ago or so mm, mm. and it was it was a trip for me because when i would listen it was always the shit that i was thinking about is what you were talking about yeah. and and you were putting it in such an eloquent way and it like mel said so like there's no no bravado there's no bullshit it's just this is me and I don't give a fuck and I'm doing this and it's fun. And it's, cool. and it, it was super refreshing for me because I, I've been around that world for 25, 30 years. Yeah. And I, I think I've got jaded. Oh yeah. Because it's like, it, it can seem gross. And I, you know, I'm, I'm ultra vegan. I only allow, you know, the, the, this, the, kindest things into my body and I sleep with my crystals that are dunked in water in the ocean at the full like oh, come on man give me a break <laughs> you know 
And so to and hear, and I love all that stuff too. But yeah, but no, I'm not bagging <laughs> totally. on it. I'm just talking about that. What makes you the jaded? Pers- yeah, yeah. The, that thing. That persona. Well, yeah, it's like the fake awake kind <laughs> of. Uh, yeah, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Well, so there's a couple, a few things there. One is like, a, I really appreciate you saying that, and I think it took me a long time to be comfortable enough to, to present my own experiences in a way that felt authentic and for me to be able to do that like I actually had to like fucking stabilize some powerful states of consciousness and pressure test them and make sure that like they held up against like the good and the bad and all the kind of chaotic stuff that can happen in life so that was really helpful for me but then also in terms of like other you know people who maybe are presenting this stuff in a way that is inauthentic and visibly inauthentic or just kind of like you know, not doing it in maybe the most skillful way is one thing is, is I found a, just imagine them getting it. That's the best shortest cut to getting rid of like, or not being attached to the energy. The the thing that I used to do, cause I work behind the scenes with a lot of this stuff, especially when like people like objectively fucked me over is I would get mad and, uh, and judge and condemn. And I didn't realize that that was actually like binding me oh, yeah. to that shit and it was somehow like making me miss because like there's always some core sense of truth like the crystal stuff right, right. like of I, course yeah like you know what i mean but like the way people kind of inauthentically present it i i know that's like a big challenge right now but what's cool is i think people now are more receptive to kind of the more shadow aspect work that's needing to be done can and you, kind of like the darker shit. Can and you that, explain that a little bit for those yeah. that aren't familiar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like sometimes like I've, I found like a couple of my friends think like I'm a loving lighter. They're like, Hey, you're, you know, you're always so, you're so positive. You're so optimistic. You're a loving lighter. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I am definitely not. What actually helped me balance my shit out is like, I got in touch with like the, sh- the dark stuff, you know, like the, the aspects of my being that maybe you can't just blast out publicly, you know, like just, just deep it, ranging from anything to like shame or trauma to, you know, weird desires to like fetishes to who fucking knows, right. but like anything that you don't publicly go around and yak about just like on the street to people. Yeah. Um, a lot of people push that away and they sweep it under the carpet and anyone who knows anything about carpets and sweeping shit under it, like eventually you're going to end up with a huge fucking lump of shit under there. And like, if you walk on it, it'll pop out (laughs) at an inopportune time. So if you do the kind of like, if you're just honest about how, yeah, everything is love and light in one sense and you shouldn't be destructive and hurt people. But on a, from a non-dual perspective, it's all perfect. Like literally everything that we see in the world is there for you to wake up, to realize who you really are and what you can really do, which sounds like platitude after platitude, but it's really true. And when you know kind of how to like use this world as a tool, cause it's a mirror, it's like a time delayed magnified mirror. Right. And when you know how to use it, it's like, it ceases to become this like, thing you fight against and you just kind of gently allow yourself to like be where you really want to be. And fun. And the fun part of it is, is the stuff you really want, like your desires, your wishes, your dreams, like that's what you're getting. Like that's what you're actually pushing yourself towards. Yeah. You know, man, that is so true. And hearing you say that made me stop and say, wait a minute. Like, like I heard you say that, 
And, and I took a look around and I was like, I've been pushing so hard for this dream and, and to manifest this thing and to imagine this thing into being and, and have it happen. And I stopped and I looked around. I was like, oh shit. It's, it's, it's here. (laughs) It's happening. I'm in it. Like, and I, I would have missed it. Yeah. Pushing, pushing. So, you know, striving for the next, the next, the next, when Mm -hmm. right now it's all happening right this second and I'm not paying attention. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's two ways to look at that too. Like, so we do get these nice little plateau and appreciation zones, but the cool thing about using your desires and your fears, which I refer to, I I plucked this from Neville Goddard, but, uh, what does he say? Propelling yourself up the fiery lat, uh, spiral of ascension. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's the best way to put that. But basically what you do is like, you, you're aware of something you don't have that you want. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be weird about it. You don't have to be like, I want this so bad. It's just like, oh, I would like this. That would be cool if I could experience that. That is literally there not to vex you, not to show you what you don't have, what you can't have, but it's to show you that, oh my God, you want that? You can have it. Just accept it into your life right then. That's literally the only operative mechanism that allows it into your life. Some people, and this is where you know, this, this bumps up against the logical mind a lot is some people view it as like, well, effort needs to be done. Like if I want to be, um, you know, a famous podcaster, I obviously have to create podcasts. So I can't just imagine being a famous <laughs> podcaster and never <laughs> laying put out a podcast. in bed. Yeah. So what I tell people is it's not actually like a conflict between effort and imagination is if you imagine being a famous podcaster, eventually when it clicks in subconsciously for you, when your intuitive heart just like accepts it, you'll just naturally do the shit you need to do to be, and it won't feel like you have to do anything. You'll just be like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. Like you put the script out for yourself and you just start following it. So it's not like the effort doesn't happen in this world. It's just this world is the effect and your imagination and your acceptance and beliefs are like, that's the cause. Always, always, always. Have you read Robert Anton Wilson's stuff? I only I listened to Cosmic Trigger on my birthday um, a few years ago at a really and it really hit me hard. I was like, oh, shit. so he's got this thing. He says what the thinker thinks, the prover proves. Yeah. And that that's what you're talking about. And in essence, I think that I where we get hung up, at least me personally, is the mechanics of it. I understand the big picture part. I understand the imagining something into being part. And I also understand the the doing stuff. But then I'm like, but how? But how many times? <laughs> but when? But, you know, you get, yeah. I get stuck in that, I don't know. Well, what? monkey mind. Yeah. Well, you're attaching importance to things that, like, sometimes a big energetic shift it happens in our lives. Like, you know, we meet someone or we get a new job yeah. or we'd make a big decision and we can just acknowledge that that's like a big energetic thing that's happening. But a lot of times we react kind of anxiously or like we feel the energy before it happens and we get weirded out or we put so much importance. Like we get like, this is so important <laughs> that it freaks us out. And like, when right. is it going to happen? It's so important. When's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Mm-hmm. And that it's not that it like ruins it. It just delays it at best and it repels it like kind of, and it all you have to do it, is Noah. like, 
Yeah. You just have to drop through it and be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And then like, you know, at first you may feel like you're tricking or lying to yourself. But if you just keep doing it, eventually you're just like, oh, I I am the type of person. And I like shortcuts, too. So you can just be like, I'm the type of person who easily solves their problems. You know what I mean? Like then, (laughs) then it's like, okay, well I'm much now better at solving my issues as they come up. So you just kind of like keep meta hacking your own states of consciousness. And then eventually what I, I think happens is this really delightful synthesis of like finding out how to be selfishly selfless happens. And that's when it seems like that's like the turbo boost for, um, like doing big things in the world, like hitting all your dreams, whatever they may be, because you start tying it in. It's okay to like, you know, feel good about what you're doing. That's actually great. But when you tie it in to like being selfless, then it just like, it's this awesome thing happens. And it's like, it also just becomes easier and better. It's just, it's awesome. Going back to what you said when we very first started talking, was you're like, I'm in this place that just feels good. It's just <laughs> comfortable right now. And yeah. I I understand that. I for, dude, I know you don't know me, but <laughs> real quick, like I grew up hard and was strung out on heroin and homeless mm. and whatever, whatever, went through a whole thing and raised a family after that and have been into magic and the grateful dead and psychedelics and all that. And so getting older, I'm almost 50. Right. And having been on that road for so long, I would give myself shit of like, you should know more. You should have done better. You should have known better. You should, you know, like, yeah. yeah, that whole thing. And like just recently, And I can say within the past year, year and a half, I've come to a place that's exactly what you're talking about. That, that place of comfortability where it's like, this is the life I always dreamed I was going to be living Yeah, and and it's here now. And it's, and whatever shit comes into it is okay. Yeah. It's part of it. It's, you know, and this is where. I start to look at like the shit or like, let's say you imagine something or you use one of these techniques or whatever. And you know, a lot of people will write me and be like, Hey, I, and I've warned people about this too, but they'll be like, Hey, Hey, I imagine this big thing. And, uh, all of a sudden, like everything in my life started to go to shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, I was like, here's the deal. It, did you really think you were going to, imagine this huge new big aspect to your life and it was just going to like smoothly fit Fit, into who you were. It's like, that's not how this (laughs) shit works at all. Like your life. Yeah. You are like literally killing a version of yourself and your life. So of course it's going to go to shit. So I look at a lot of these chaotic things, um, you know, as pressure testing your reality. And what I really think is helpful is if you cannot react to like really crazy shit, you don't have to actually deal with that shit as much as you might think, you know, like it, it gets smoother. The turbulence gets like way less, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, it's this weird thing like where you accept 
turbulence, it goes away. It's like you don't have to really worry about it anymore. And even if it happens, just like, oh, yeah, that's turbulence. Like I used to be afraid of flying until like a few months ago. Really? And now, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense for my life. I was suppressing so many aspects of myself that, of course, like something as silly as turbulence would like make me scared of flying. It was ridiculous. Okay. But now I, um, I love, I don't love turbulence, but like, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just like, Oh yeah, that's that thing that happens. I don't have to react to this at all. And I think if you just look at your life kind of in the same way, it's like, it's really easy to navigate even fucking crazy shit. And then as you kind of get over very difficult external situations. Like I always use the example of my, my son when he was two months old, it's like four months ago, he got RSV and had to go to the hospital. And he basically, this is right in the middle of like this imagination stuff. Like, you know, I was pretty flowy. Everything was like, it wasn't like hunky dory all the time, but I was pretty flowy. Things were good. And then all of a sudden he's in the hospital and like has tubes in him. So the first day it's up in Albany, it's like an hour away for us from where I am. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I went up there, man, they had all these tubes in and they were like hitting him to get all this stuff out. And like, I almost passed out. Like I I fell on the floor and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. So I stayed there for a couple hours. My, my wife stayed there. I went back to to be with our toddler. Then I went to sleep that night and I was like, listen, I'm just going to imagine the scene where I'm coming home, carrying him in the, uh, the baby carrier and my family will be there and it'll all be good. And I just, that's what I did going to sleep. The next day I go to the hospital again. And for some reason I just feel way better. I also, you know, smoked a joint, listened to Bob Marley and a lot of (laughs) reggae on the way up there, but, uh, got your mood right. Yeah. I mean, it was just like the good mood. It was just a good mood. So I went up there and you know, my, my state of mind was clearly different. I wasn't freaked out. He was in the PICU at this point, the pediatric intensive care unit. So like, it's, this is no joke. There's like fucked up kids in there. So, and he's like two months old. It's really young. So I go into the room. It's pretty dark, you know, like just like energy wise, like people are kind of freaked out. He's so young and like, you know, it's a routine thing that kids get, but it's like, he's still young. So you could tell like there was a lot of apprehension and just kind of like uncertainty, Mm -hmm. but I had imagined what, and I, I knew what faith was. Faith is just loyalty to the unseen world, meaning this world that hasn't played yet out yet. So I'm in there and I'm not like doing anything weird. I'm like, yeah, I saw him. Like he's fine. Like freaking anyone out. I'm just like sitting there feeling different than I did the day before. So I stay there for a few hours that day. It gets a little bit lighter. I come back the next day. It gets a lot lighter. Like the nurses start to feel better. I'm telling some jokes. Like, you know, people are just starting to feel more comfortable. I do when people leave the room, go over to him and do some like, (laughs) I did some uh, energy healing. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just like, yo, let me put my hands on my kid and just like make him get better faster. Who better than mom and dad to do that, man? Yeah. So I did that. And then the next day I came back and they just started pulling him off everything. They thought he was going to be there three weeks and he was there for like three days. And, you know, people can look at that and be like, hey, listen, you know, that shit happens all the time. Sometimes they just get better. There's no correlation there. There's no causation. I don't it's irrelevant to me. It's Mm -mm. how I felt the Mm -hmm. day before I went there. The second day I was a fucking shell of a human being. Anyone listening to this who has kids like knows that's like their (laughs) biggest fear. And. I fucking wrote it out like a champ and I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is pressure testing my reality. This is not some horrible fucked up thing that 
you know, oh, I've played with magic too hard and now it's rebounding me. I'm like, I am testing the fuck out of myself right yeah. now. And, it, you know, looking back, yeah, it sucked. But my kid was a champ. He didn't really he's no worse for the rare or for the wear rather. And I fucking learned a really valuable lesson. And like in the grand scheme of things, that's pretty light. So, bro, yeah, our, our son had RSV. Yeah. So right? I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and by the way, we were looking, we were stalking your Instagram account before we got on the phone with you. And that's a freaking adorable baby, man. Yeah. That's yeah. A, <laughs> He's cute. That's a cute kid. But, you yeah. know, go ahead, Mel. No. Oh. I, well, I was just going to say, like that, I just believe, like you said, you no matter what anybody says, if you if you believe you did that, you did that. That's positive yeah. thinking, yeah. you know? It's like, yeah, I did that. And, uh, well, like everything you're saying is 100% like... I, I could have said the exact same thing. You're so on the same vibe. I, I like just how you're living your life. It's no, nothing different than anybody else, but it's with more intention, more like you're just awake and focusing from like not focusing, but like living from that point from being awake. So those problems that happen they exactly what you, what you did was like you transmuted the situation in your yeah, brain and then did it outwardly. And it would, I mean, I imagine you walking like with your disco shoes through the hotel, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> snapping your finger pointing and pointing at the nurse. At the at the nurse hey. And like, yeah, my baby's coming out of here <laughs> like, on a spiritual it was, sense. <laughs> it was kind of like that, like energetically, like I yes. just knew that it was happening and it's, it isn't something like at first you may be like tricking yourself or like trying to convince yourself, but then at a certain point it just yeah. clicks and then you don't have to look, you'll know because the thing you were very obsessive about or wanted so bad, you'll just feel differently about it. And then it'll be like, oh, okay, something is changing. And then you just start to accept it. Um, but it, uh, yeah. let's, let's be honest, dude. It, seriously, isn't that what conscious being conscious and alive is, is constantly tricking ourselves and making things happen? So yeah, why is it yeah. so hard for us as people to believe when the good shit happens that it was us that did it? But when you step in a pile of shit, it was you that stepped in the pile of shit. Yeah, that's a it's a it's actually like a relatively western conception of being and i think this is something where the eastern traditions the vedic and the buddhist traditions in particular the translations of things like desire and ego i think are basically fucking wrong the translations <laughs> because that concept of like self-loathing and self-hatred, there's like the famous story of like someone asked the Dalai Lama, you know, like, what about self-hatred? And he was like, huh? And they're like, <laughs> what about self-hatred? He's like, I don't know. What are you saying? And then someone explained to him like that people don't like themselves and hate themselves. He's like, oh, we don't have that really as a thing. And it wasn't that people don't have issues and problems. It was just like as an accepted concept, self-hatred wasn't something they had like a context for or language for. So it's not to say they don't, they're not human and they don't have different, it's just everyone's mind is kind of different. Right. Um, so that should show us that at, at the core, the mind is malleable mm -hmm. and we can kind of get ourselves on track to like whatever track we want to put ourselves on. And I personally, and this is a choice is I like the, um, 
playful, fun, adventurous, you know, cool. Like that's what that's those are the tracks that I like. So I just kind of put myself on those and work from that space and don't really allow too much else in that's going to fuck it up. Like, and that doesn't mean you cut yourself off from emotions because that's actually what allows the world to unfold, but it means you have a proper place for them. Like for me, when I go through hard shit, Mm -hmm. when I get sad or, you know, lonely or, you know, just like, uh, something like that. Like I now know a really good way to deal with that is a really feel my feelings. Oh yeah. B, um, maybe write it down or see, make some music or like put it into art somehow. And then instead of it being like this, like burdensome, heavy thing, you transmute it quite literally into some type of creative act. And it's like, Oh, thank you. Like, Oh, sadness. Isn't this fucking thing that sucks now. It's like, I can actually make it art or useful in my life. And then everything becomes to your advantage. Like everything is to your advantage. And then it's, I don't, it's just, it's just better that way. Yeah. And at this, yeah, man. And at the same time, those yeah. things then become advantageous to other people. Yeah. Well, just, that's, that's just like selfishly selfless. Thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny where your podcast is the synchronicity podcast and like me and Apple were driving home today and, or Having well, what, com- having it's having a, a couple com- part. Yeah, having yesterday a conversation we were having a morning. conversation about like if you won the lottery and had money to hook everybody up and just do all the kindnesses in the yeah. world. And then we're driving to Costco this morning, and Aaron looks like, oh, look at the billboard. The lottery's up to three hundred fifteen million dollars. And then we're talking about. Then he puts on your podcast on our way driving back, and it was just recently where you're talking about the lottery, like all the same oh, things. And you were, and you said the same thing we did. You were like, I wouldn't want to win it for purely selfish reasons but like it would be rad to be able to hook everybody up and do yeah. some really good stuff with it and it and we're just looking at each other like, like dude did that just happen dude, it's what we're just <laughs> talking about yeah yeah and i mean that the truth is is the lottery like everything else in this world is just an allegory or a metaphor for mm-hmm. freedom security you know creativity flexibility because a lot of people if you ask them why they want to win the lottery is they're like, Oh, so I can pursue my dreams. And I was like, well, what if I told you you didn't actually need to win the lottery? Like it's fine if you want to pursue your dreams. Yeah. I, I, the lottery thing I did last week, I think it was on Saturday. I released the episode. I, because I had a discussion with a friend and she was like, you know, you shouldn't tell people they, they shouldn't want to win the lottery because you're limiting them. And I was like, no, that's, that's wrong. That was not what I was saying. But then I thought about it more and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just tell people, that they can uh, win the lottery because they can, the lottery. it does work like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I have a, I have a good amount of listeners, but clearly the amount of people who sent me their scratch off winnings is um, the odds are being beaten at every fucking level. It's oh, insane. Shit. Really? So yeah, it's nuts. And everyone's like, Oh my God. Like, and it, I'm the reason it's kind of like, I knew it would happen, but like, it is just proof that it's just a belief thing. If you believe some guy in a podcast is saying it's possible to win a scratch off, like someone's going to win a big amount of money from listening to my podcast or someone else. And like, all it takes is that person to be like, you know what? Someone in my life is having a hard time. Now I can give them that money. And it, it eventually will like, it's going to be cool. It ripples the next, out. The next mm-hmm. decade is going to be cool. It ripples out. Oh my out. gosh. Dude, yes. Yeah. You hit the nail on the yes. head. Yes. I, I want to go back with you, though. Like, you weren't just born the Noah Lampert that we're talking <laughs> about right now, man. Like, what started you on 
on all of this? Like, obviously, psychedelics is a huge part of your world, right? Yeah. Um, you know, surprisingly, probably not as big these days as people think, although it is it is coming back in slowly. Um, yeah, I, I was always pretty inquisitive and in, like reading and philosophical books. I started reading Jung um, like when I was like 14. Jeez. And that was probably what I considered like my first psychedelic just because like I was like, what? I, was like what? <laughs> I was like, do you guys know this guy's talking about like this thing where everyone like knows everything and it's expressed through everything and we all share these memories and, and people are like, what the fuck? Are you? Like, you know, it's like 14. No one knew what I was talking about. Um, so how do you get uh, exposed to that at 14? My my dad, so my parents got divorced when I was five, but my dad had a huge like book, just like so many books downstairs in the basement where I grew up. So I would just go and pick books that sounded interesting. And I think I, I must have started with man and his symbols. And then, mm. um, but just like I read a lot of weird books uh, about a lot of weird things and I didn't know what I was doing really, but I knew like, something was happening. And so Jung really changed my mind a lot. But then I, I would read a lot about LSD um, before I ever did it. Like when I was 14 and 15, um, there's a there's still a website. If you Google Noah Lampert LSD, I did it for my seventh grade health class, Miss Lizarazas. There's a there's a website for LSD that I made. Um, so I would I was really interested in it. So I'd read a lot of books. Um, Acid Trip and Storming Heaven were two that stuck out. So I always wanted to like, it's not that I wanted to do, I just wanted to know a lot about it. So I went to this five week music program at Berkeley College of Music when I was 15. It's like you basically go to Boston for five weeks, live in the dorm and basically act like a college kid, but you're 15. Whoa. And um, so that was, my mom sent me there. It was like, instead of camp, I got kicked out of camp the, early, the year earlier for smoking weed. Um, <laughs> I... They didn't catch me smoking weed, but they like knew I had weed and they wanted me to rat out the counselor. And I was like, I'm not oh, going to do that. No. So they kicked me out. So I didn't have anywhere to go. So he's like, okay, you know, he plays saxophone. He likes music. Well, we'll send him to this thing. It's five weeks. So I went there and like within the first few days I met my friends and one of them was from California and had a bunch of acid and was like, Hey, do you want to do some sunshine acid? And I was like, yeah. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> so we, I ended up taking three tabs oh. and, uh, tripped for like 18 hours. <laughs> um, you know, it was, it was pretty nuts. I was, you know, I'm in Boston, I'm in this dorm room. It's super weird in there, but I felt really in flow and really in normal, like really normal. Like coming I eventually, home kind of feeling. Yeah. I felt like home, but I felt like more myself than mm. I ever had. It was also like interesting because it was just such a different perspective right. on what was going on. But I, I also that night met my, um, my girlfriend, uh, a longtime girlfriend and we were in Boston, but she lived in Virginia, which was like 20 minutes where, from where I lived in, in Maryland. Um, so we, that was weird right then too. And like, I don't know, I just felt like super normal in that state. So that, that really changed, uh, changed my mind a lot. And yeah. I think the reason I, I look back and talk about that a lot is because I think when you're, I don't think, when you're 13, 14, 15, you're still forming your kind of persona of who you are. A lot of people are trying on different personas. You know, they go through phases, all this, that, and the other thing. And um, when you take something like LSD, especially like a dose like that, or any psychedelic really, that interrupts that process, you kind of like 
you really alter the course of like your persona building at a critical phase when people are maybe like going to latch on to one and be like, all right, this is who I am, or I'm going to try these things for the next few years or maybe for adulthood. Right. So I was always very aware that, you know, what we were doing as people was kind of just this elaborate game. It wasn't like there was actually this structure called Noah that was this real thing. It was like this quick little dance of like energies that were constantly like there. And like, I acknowledge that Noah existed, but you know, I, I kind of saw <sighs> underneath the surface, I parted the veil. You're so right. that was pretty, that was pretty, um, instrumental. And then from there, like I was just really interested in LSC. I started putting all my friends on, you know, we'd go to hotel rooms like back in high school and just like, you know, trip and just, I, I never thought it was just recreational. Like it always to me was like, let's get to the bottom of like the universe and like figure <laughs> out what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I did that. Then I went to college in Boston. I, I enrolled in Northeastern cause I had a scholarship there and I was a psychology student. And then like the first few lectures were like about the brain. And I was like, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I was like, I thought we were going to learn about the mind. And I was like, I'm out skis. So I withdrew from there, then enrolled in Berkeley, um, where I had done this five week program and got in there and then proceeded to do, I guess it started at Northeastern. I was doing a, a good, a lot of psychedelics, like, uh, you know, routinely seven to 10 grams of mushrooms, you know, a few times a week, uh, you know, acid on a whim, you know, I was taking like. It was pretty fucking. That's that's a lot of mushrooms, intense. Noah. Oh man, well, you know what's crazy all, about that <laughs> is what's crazy is the seven to ten grams. Yeah, is um, you know, there does come this point, at least in my experience, where it stops getting really, really, really weird, the and it just gets super return. normal, <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, oh man, like I don't even think. I'm tripping anymore. Like you push mm -hmm. through that kind of like yeah. drunken stupor, like being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you're just like, oh my God, I'm completely lucid and clear about everything. I'm so I'm home. Yeah. Again, <laughs> the home feeling. And again, this now makes sense to me because, um, you know, that to me is all of these things are just kind of elaborate, physiologically real, but they're all placebos. They're all, this is all internal endogenous states that we, use these substances that are very convincing, but like, it's just us, right? It's, it's all us. It's always us. So if you do like, you can push through kind of some of these barriers. It's like people call it tolerance and all this. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. But like, eventually you just get to the point where you're like, Oh, this is just kind of how it is. Um, so yeah, psychedelics always were a big part of my life. And then, um, a big kind of pivotal point was I took a regular amount of LSD when I was like 22, 23, and I didn't stop tripping for three months. And what? I, yeah, and I wasn't doing any more drugs in that period. I was smoking weed, but like I didn't stop tripping for three months. And that was, uh, that was a mind bender. Yeah. I, 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 not three months, but I've been there. I, and, crazy. and three months. It, it can be a little terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, are you in a relationship at this point? No, not, okay. I was not because I think if I was, I wouldn't have been able to go as far as I did, which maybe would have been good in terms of the subsequent crash that happened just mm -hmm. because like, you know, when you're, when you're out, 
I would describe it as getting like launched the top of like a mountain. Like you're up there. The view's spectacular. It's incredible, but you have no fucking idea how you got up there. And also, if you got launched on a rocket, you don't take a rocket back down. You have to go back <laughs> down like it's like Wiley P. Coyote. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna you're gonna hit the ground at some point. And that's what happened to me. Both of those um states of consciousness, both the incredible like highs and like ethereal. And I was just like, keep in mind, this is like 2002, 2003. I'm getting what I'm referring to at the time back then is downloads. I'm just like, I'm getting yeah, so many downloads right now. What the, like, I'm like, I'm a horny college kid at a music school, but I'm talking about unconditional love and numbers and, you know, triangles of ascension and like, just like, it's too much shit for my, it's like frying my brain. It's like overload, overload. It's yeah. like trying to download like the new iOS software on like, you know, a Nokia fucking <laughs> phone. It's like, it doesn't make sense. So it was like blowing my brains, but like, it was also very profound and real. I kept telling people, I'm skipping through dimensions. I'm walking through dimensions. I'm going through portals. And like, no one knew what I was talking about. So I'm freaking people out. Um, I remember at one point, I, uh, I was, I, I, you know, I grew up Jewish, reformed Jew Jewish. Me and, too. Yeah. And I, uh, at one point for about three weeks out of this three month period, I was like, I, I'm Jesus Christ. Like, I know it. Oh, yeah. And like, that's like the first sign, you know, for most people that you've definitely lost it when you go around. You just start thinking, having the Jesus Christ right. complex. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get and it. so, but, but I, yeah, I, I knew it. Yeah. I fucking knew it. I was like, no, like I, and I wasn't saying I am and no one else is. I was just like, I know I'm Jesus Christ. So that was always weird for me back then. And anyway, what ended up happening was after, yeah, oy vey, exactly. So after three months, and like I had no conception, I just knew it. So I was like, there's a, I, anyway. So after three months, I crashed super hard. Um, would, couldn't get out of my bed, moved into a new place. There was no sunlight, was doing like, I was like stealing weed from my roommate who was a dealer. It was just like the grimiest period of my life. And I just like, I knew I was fucked as like, I went up to, I was, I was smoking camel cigarettes back then. And I went to go get a pack and, I hadn't been out of bed in so long that my knees were like super wobbly. Like I was just like, oh shit. I'm like, it was Atrophy. like a like a foal, like a foal, like a baby horse. I was like, I couldn't walk <laughs> right. I'm like, oh shit. I'm fucked up. So, um, you know, my mom and some of my friends, like they, they got the, the, the call that I was like fucked up and they came and got me. I eventually went to a psychiatrist, moved back to Maryland, um, moved into my mom's basement, like the, the classic tropes. And, um, you know, got diagnosed at the time as bipolar. And they're like, oh, this is classic manic depressive, like up, down. And I was like, draw I'm still like, I'm in the psychiatrist's office, like drawing mandalas. Yeah, I don't, don't know, you know dude. Why. I'm Jesus. And I walk through a dimension. Yeah. You don't understand. This isn't yeah. bipolar. Just need to do more acid but about it. Oh. at this point, and like I had been prescribed like Adderall and Ritalin when I was a kid because they thought I had symptoms of ADHD and it was just speed and I was like, this sucks. So I was really against taking any drugs and they're like, listen, you, you can take lithium. Um, and my mom was like, listen, it's a salt. It's on the periodic table. People can take lithium and if they are not bipolar, it literally will just make them thirsty. Like it actually doesn't alter anything in brain chemistry. It just happens to do something. I was like, okay, wow. let me research this. Looked it up and I was like, oh shit. This is true. Cause like my friends would always be like, I tell them I'm lithium. They're like, whoa. Cause like Kirk Cobain wrote a song about it. It's like, yeah. nah, it's actually like, if you stole my stash and took it all, you would just be like super fucking thirsty. It's literally assault. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. 
So I took it, and this is what I refer to, and I just recently figured this out. I had a real big decision point based on what I was going through at that point. I had to decide whether I was crazy and everyone else was right or everyone else was crazy mm, and I was right. And at this point, based on my inability to communicate, I didn't have the words, the eloquence, the the concepts, the the ability to objectively prove or, you know, stabilize really internally what it was, mm. what was going on. I chose that I was crazy. So I ended up taking lithium, re-enrolled back in Berkeley, graduated from there, moved to New York. And then like a, a year into New York, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm fucking bipolar. I think that was some weird shit that happened. Let me go, instead of flushing my pills <laughs> down the toilet, let me go to my mom, my family, and see a psychiatrist and get off this like above board so no one can accuse me of being like fucking nuts. Right. So I, I did that and you know, within like two, three months, got off lithium. That was like 11 years ago. Yeah. And I, I basically, that was very helpful for so many reasons for me because one, I see how close any one person can come to getting put on a track of mental disease or disorder or illness by believing something they experience that may be actually pretty valid or maybe it's just a different way of seeing something based on other people's opinions. You know, I could have just been like, yeah, I'm fucking bipolar forever. Right. I can't, I'm yeah. weird. Like, oh yeah, this affects me like this. So that's the thing that people do though. They, uh, they attach themselves. I have this or I am that or is. my family died at this age or like yeah. they hang on to who that. I am. Yeah. Bipolar. So you never well, get out of it. Yeah. That's, that's God. I mean, that sense of I am, that's everything. That's what people yeah. refer to as source, Krishna, Buddha, God. That's literally everything. It's, mm -hmm. it's consciousness itself. So, um, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty instrumental in terms of me. And it, and it took me just to be clear, like that was, that was like 2009 or 10 that I went off lithium. I, based on this experience of having gone, you know, very high and then crashing and then being like, okay, I guess something happened there. I would describe what happened subsequent up until about like eight months ago as me putting on like Clark Kent clothes again. Like I was oh, Superman wow. for three months, but then I was like, oh, maybe I'm not Superman. And then I forgot. And then I was like, what the hell was that whole thing? That was so weird. And then I found, you know, Neville Goddard and a set of techniques that empirically proved to me through a very strange set of synchronicities and coincidences that like, oh my God, not only was I not crazy back then, I was just like way ahead of the game in terms of what's happening, what I thought would happen. Cause I was talking about shit like 17 years ago. I was like, the divine feminine is going to come back. Oh, there's going to be this age of uh, <laughs> prosperity. There's going to be, you know, harmony and balance. And there's going to be these egalitarian societies and, you know, communes, but not in a weird way. And like people getting along and musicians and creatives will be at the forefront of society. And it's going to be like a spiritual renaissance. Like, and I, I couldn't speak like that. What it would come out back then is like, uh, unconditional love is the most important thing. And, uh, the number three. And so like, I didn't, I was like a caveman trying to explain like a cell phone. Right. So basically what I've realized now though, what's so fun is it's literally happening right now. Yes, not only was I not the only person to receive all of this stuff. Nope. I'm connecting now with so many other people who either back then or now are waking up to all these fun kind of like reality is so much more fun than people ever thought it could be. And because I went through all this shit, like I, I'm pretty familiar. Like this is, this is me like 
been I've been waiting for this. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is literally like this is now clicking into my timeline and I'm like, okay, fuck yeah. Like I'm with this. Here we 100%. go, motherfuckers. It's yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. so, yeah, man. Who I, were you telling this to back in the day when you were, to, when you, <laughs> you know, like, that's what I want to know. Like, did your, did your parents know about your passion for, you know, like peace and love and things coming and like divine feminine? Were, were they yeah, down yeah, with yeah. that? I couldn't shut up about it. I was basically just blabbing to every single person who came in front of my face. And like, just, just, it sounds now because also, so I'm like eloquent and I'm convincing and I have direct experience. But I mean, imagine just any random person who you're, you're friends with all of a sudden it's more tolerable now, but like just not shutting the fuck up about unconditional love, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if you were like, Hey, yeah, you know, like this person cut me off in traffic today. And instead just, of like making it like a parable it. in a fun way, it was just like, yeah, but it's unconditional love. You just got to unconditional love. You'd be like, shut up. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, be quiet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it was mainly also like what I think happens when we experience these very high transcendent states of consciousness. And this is certainly what happened to me is I wanted to share it, but didn't know how in in an effective way. And what people want to do is they want to convince people or talk to people or show people. Mm -hmm. And that was what my tendency was. And now I realized is you don't do that. You do it inside your imagination. You do it inside your head you imagine people understanding it and then you'll naturally do or people will naturally gravitate towards the things you're saying. If you try to convince someone of some something of something, like just look at politics, like it doesn't work. Mm-mm. It's not like you can have every great argument in every logical sense of the word and even intuitively can make sense. But like you're not going to like convince someone through no. your words anymore. It's not like how things really work. So, yeah, nobody's I mean, walking away from the debate going. You know what? You were you were absolutely right. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's, I change. I'm yeah. on your side now. Thanks, man. No, yeah. it, it, it's it's really a trip to talk to you, Noah. I I'm kind of blown away right now, honestly. Like, <laughs> so Apple and I have been friends since we were. I was 12, and he was like 14 when we met. Like, like I said, I'm almost 50, so we've been friends yeah. a long time. And back in the uh, late eighties, almost early nineties. Uh, we had some really good liquid acid and there was maybe 50 hits left in the bottom of this food coloring bottle and it wouldn't drip out anymore. And so you had to take the stopper out of the food coloring bottle and, oh, and, and, let, it, shit. and let it sit on your tongue and let it soak for a second. Then, you know, give it to the next person. Well, oh, so my I, I have the bottle and I, it's on my tongue. And somebody said something. I turned my head and the bottle went boom, boom, in my mouth. And I was oh, like, God. oh, fuck. And Apple. I got angry. I was like, you're not going alone. I grabbed it and I got every little drop I could left out. <laughs> He's of like, I'm going, I'm going with you, God. man. I, I shook it, got a bunch out, and then went like in the bathroom and put water in it, shook <laughs> it up, got the rest of it. So and- I understand what you're talking about, about yeah. going f- for an extended stay vacation yeah (laughs) it's pretty nuts yeah and and coming like you said coming back from that first of all not having the the words to describe what's happening first of all second not having the lexicon to explain it to anybody else much less myself 
Yeah. And then receiving all these downloads while you're there of stuff that you didn't know you knew that you're remembering that you thought you knew from before. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. then finally having to come down and come to grips with what happened to yourself and feeling like what you said that did I break myself or no, that really fucking happened kind of thing. And the, the saving grace for me was finding the grateful dead community Mm -hmm. because it was a community of people that had collectively blown their minds over and over and over again that had a lexicon and a, a set of symbols to explain what had happened over and over and over again to this huge community of people ever since they started their thing. Yeah. And, and it, so that's what, like, if you ever wondered what the deal is with that, like that's at its core for 90% of the people that are at those shows, that's what it is. Right. It's, it's finding those people that you can relate to once that's happened. And I'm curious with you, like after that was all over, those people that you were, spouting to during all that time were are they still hanging out with you when it's all done so it's very interesting um a lot of friends were were dropped off at that point mm-hmm. because you know you're you're watching someone go kind of nuts um you know there was just there was it was kind of nuts it was just like a crazy thing i also got like a girl I had like a very short relationship with got like weirdly fixated on her running this old karmic pattern that I would run constantly, which was projecting my own divinity and self-worth onto another person, usually a a girl I was attracted to. And that never ends well for anyone ever. So if you catch yourself doing that, just don't. Um, The other people are amazing. Don't get me wrong, but don't (laughs) put your own shit onto other people. It doesn't work. So, you know, that, you know, luckily she was a very cool person, still a very cool person and like kind of understood that there was something else going on and it wasn't just me being like weird. Um, but you know, a lot of people fell off. Now what's interesting is a lot of people stayed. Um, I've been asking friends, um, as I go through some intense shit these days, like I was like, you know, remember when I went crazy and and like a lot of them are like, you didn't go crazy. Like you just had like a really different perspective on things. Like it wasn't crazy. And I'm like, huh, interesting that you thought that. But then also, I've had people who kind of wrote me off. I, I, I don't know, like probably just reacted poorly mm-hmm. to what was going on with me, you know, as my podcast has gotten more popular and, you know, I have a broader platform, they've gotten back in touch and been like, Hey, like we're kind of on the same path. Like I'd love to speak to you. And I'm like, yeah, all good. Like I get it. Totally. So, you know, yeah, just cause like, I mean the shit I was talking about that back then in linear time back then seemed crazy. But if you look back now, I look super smart, you know what I mean? So, and I was saying all this shit to people, you know, and it wasn't just me saying unconditional love over and again, like I was saying a lot of stuff and a lot of it was really profound. Uh, Like it just like, I had an innate knowledge of like the chakra system and like the three gunas, a lot of Vedic stuff. And like, I wasn't, again, the studying of this stuff, was so superficial 
that it was like barely, it was like pulling a thread and like the whole thing unravels. Like it barely took any effort for me to like come across something and like fully grok it and not in like a bullshitty, like I can do the bare minimum to explain this, but like really understand innately what was going on. Um, that was certainly something that was seeping through back then. The difference is now is I know what I'm doing and I know how to do it. I know why it's working. I know why I want to do it. And it makes me much more effective as someone who can relay what I did to help myself and then by proxy, you know, help other people because I can explain it effectively. Yeah. It's, it's really rad what you're doing, man. And just explaining it. Um, what, eloquently. Well, no, not eloquently, effectively mm. Mm. explaining effectively. What's the difference between explaining it effectively and not, um, direct experience, conviction, not speculating, uh, all stuff that I've engaged in and still engaged in from time to time. But the thing that I find most people respond to when I'm speaking or I'm with them in person now is like, <laughs> even if they may think I'm bullshitting, they know I'm not. They just can tell that like, there's no, also like I'm pretty, I'm pretty free. Like I, I said, when I first discovered like this stuff was practically applicable in this reality and in this world, like a lot of these techniques and kind of like, you know, manifesting or letting un- reality unfold is I made a firm commitment that like, I'm never going to charge people for like how to use their imaginations. Like it's not going to be a course. It's not going to be like, I charge for readings. I charge for a lot of other things, but like, I'm always going to just tell people like you have full control. It's actually super easy to prove it to yourself. You can empirically do it. You know, this stuff will always be freely accessible. So I think that also helps people that there's not like something you have to sign up for to get access to this information. And that's that to me, like, that loose that helps people like drop immediately any idea that like I'm doing this for explicitly or only my own gain. And Dude. so I try to keep like a, a healthy balance between stuff that people can pay for and the stuff that people like I'm just constantly putting out for free because um, why not? Like if yeah. you understand mm-hmm. imagination creates reality, why would I only charge money? Why would I not charge money? It's like you know, do both. Yeah. You, you know what? What you're talking about right there is the reason that f- me personally, when I started listening to your show, that I dropped the wall and and let you in, yeah, to yeah, what was yeah. because I was like, oh, there's no agenda here. This is somebody talking about their experience. So he's doing what I'm doing. That's yeah, it. and if you meet me, like <laughs> I worked behind the scenes too much to know the schism between the teacher persona and the person mm. in reality. And so like if anyone meets me, there's no, <laughs> there's no difference. There's no like stage persona. Let me go into this fucking holy Podcast state. Let me, yeah. Like there's, there's hey. not, and there's never been. So like that I think also is comforting for people. So they see like, there's not this like weird game. And like, I personally, when people put on like the effective affective voice and like, <laughs> you know, get in this, it's just like, I'm like, why it's fine. If it's really something like if it's a performance, that's cool. But like, yeah, it's like don't try to costume. convince me like this is how you're ordering something at the drive through. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're, this is not how you're talking. Hey, I'll have a number one with cheese. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. A holy number one. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, man. Yeah. I, 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 for real though, man, like I, I've said it twice now, but I want to impress upon you the magnitude of what it meant for me personally. Like, yeah, man. it really was a big deal for me, dude. Like, so start, I started no simple road because my kid gave me a mic and was like, you guys talk about music all the time. Start a podcast. Mm. It's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Whatever. Recorded one and it just blew up and we're like, okay, now we have this thing. And for me, man, coming from the background that I told you about and everything that's happened, like I always felt like I was looking for the thing, like what do I want to be when I grow up? But now I'm 46 years old when I started the show and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And finding the podcast for me was like the thing I was like, Oh shit, this is what everything that I've been through can be funneled into this thing creatively. And I can use all of my everything, shadow and light, all of it to talk to people and share my experience and make people not feel alone and, and all that. And yeah. so you start doing that and there's no fucking book that you can go to the, well, there is, there's probably a million books you can buy <laughs> about podcasting, but there's no roadmap for this. You know what I mean? It's just, you're doing it and you got to figure it out. And every once in a while, Duncan was like this for me. You, Shane was like mm. this. Mm. Uh, it's, it struck a chord. Ed Lou. Ed, yeah. Ed Lou from Psychedelic Milk too. Mm. It, it struck a chord of like, oh wow, there are other people that are doing this thing. And, oh, yeah. and it, it made me feel like I'm, um, I'm in the right place even more than I already did. So I just want to extend my thank you to you for that. Oh man, that, that means a lot because that's basically the beacon you know, we're putting up the bat signal as much as possible because I think people just need to like, there's so many theoretical hurdles to realizing that you actually have complete control over your life. And so many of them are so compelling, especially when we look out in the world. So to be able to just like get this shit and then just like do it in a way that's fun and authentic Mm -hmm. and helpful, like that's what everyone should be doing in every aspect of their life, no matter what it is. And I just want to show people more than anything that like you can do that. And like there really isn't some special differentiating qualifier for living. It sounds so fucking new agey, but like for actually living the life of your dreams. Like it, it legitimately <laughs> it does like, sound new agey, but it's yeah. true. But it's true. I know that's what's so frustrating is like all of the, all of these people like me who are like naturally like averse to, you know, platitudes and self helpisms yes. and stuff. But like now we have to like, I of told course we can. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was saying in a, in a previous podcast, we have to come up with new, uh, a new language because I yeah. feel like a lot of the things that we're dealing with now and feel are outdated. Like, yeah, I'm totally into all that stuff too. And chakras and crystals and Reiki and all these hands on healing and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I find myself quiet about it because of the language, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely recognize part of my role is to just get real out 
upfront with this stuff because you do. I, yeah, because you know, like, it, I think part of what kept me away from things like tarot and astrology is the that this reluctance to look at it as like a normal thing, like it's some mm. outsider thing or it's yeah. like some outside the mainstream. And so like for me, what made it click is I'm like, oh, like, oh, I get this. This is just the deepest part of people's unconscious. We're using these external objects to gain insight into what's going on. So it literally fits with everything. So it was fine for me to just accept it as an active principle. Mm. But then like in terms of when I explain it to people, you know, when I'm doing a reading, I don't want to just explain to them why all of their stuff is in Capricorn and all these oppositions <laughs> are going to be difficult energies. I want to give them some practical fucking tip on like what they, this looks like in their life, how they can use, yeah, you, you interpret know, it. yeah. So like that, that to me is really, um, important with all this stuff is making it accessible and talking about it in a way that like is kind of normal. Like, and I, I, really I want people to know, that. yeah. And like, I want people to know that like I'm I'm weird and woo. I'm super woo, but I also like I love the Miami Dolphins. I love the NFL. Like I ground like I have multi dimensions of myself that honestly, I think at one point in my life I thought they couldn't coexist. And of, of course they can. Of course they can. They're totally in harmony with each other in like the most perfect way. And that's, I think, a big lesson for a lot of people to learn is you'd never really turn off some part of yourself unless it's just not serving you and you're like, oh, I don't need it then. That's yeah. learning to accept who you are right there. Yeah. In, yeah. in, in its totality. It's not like, oh, I've, I, I'm the spiritual person, so I can't like the dolphins. But you know what, man? I can't if, like a brutal sport. Yeah. You know what? You do like that. And, I do. And you, and you are into chakras. And you, and you don't and have to change hats to do that yeah. either. It can't be like, oh, I didn't know we were going to talk about woo. Let me go put on my other costume. Then put on my, yeah. my, my Then I'll go watch pants. football and put on my, you know, my bro outfit. <laughs> yeah. I just wear the same clothes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be yeah. This is you what I put on You don't have a daishiki that you wear yeah. for Sunday. <laughs> I should get one. They're yeah. rad. I'll you should you have one. So before we take off, do you want to, if you're into it, if not, it's cool man um do you want to pull maybe one card yeah for, let me pull for, a card i have them right here for no simple road yeah let me pull you a card let me uh i'll put the mic down while i shuffle for yeah, a second do your thing. i feel like i need to f talk to fill dead space no you know that's I mean? being uncomfortable with a beautiful silence oh, no that's recording a podcast <laughs> no people <laughs> like quiet times okay everybody here's the quiet time whoever listens to this Comment yes or no if you like quiet times. During a podcast. <laughs> All right. Here's the card. I'll pull it up. All right. Oh, two cups reversed. Ooh, two cups reversed. Okay. Um, so the two of cups for people, I'm pulling from the rider weight. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. So for people who don't know, it shows a man and a woman exchanging uh, cups. Really, the man is reaching out with his right hand and he's holding the cup in his left hand, whereas the woman is holding the cup with both hands. So he's reaching out the masculine. Um, so there's a lot of color alchemy going on in this, but essentially we have the intuitive growth, like, uh, feminine principle where it's support on the ground is the passion, um, juxtaposed with the kind of creative intellect of the man who is, has passion on the mind and this alchemy, this exchanging of cups, the masculine and feminine, Cre creates this caduceus and that turns into 
Leo the lion. And there's this uh, lovely literal house on the hill in the background. So at its core, two of cups in the upright position is this wonderful balance of um, masculine and feminine energies, the conscious and subconscious minds. Uh, in the reverse position, mm. it's not it's not an imbalance, but it, it would speak to me um, that there's some work to do to balance these energies. And that that sounds right. I mean, just energetically where we are right now, um, towards the end of this year in 2019, there's going to be some pretty intense stuff going on. And this balancing is going to be something that people continue to work on um, and stabilize. So it's not it's not a bad in any way, but it is an invitation to kind of harmonize this this bridge between the logical and analytical aspects of our mind and the felt intuitive, mm -hmm. um, aspects. So the more we can do over the next few weeks and in general to, to, to make that practical and accessible to ourselves, um, the better we'll, we'll feel for sure. Wow. Wow. Nailed it. So in relation to the show, there needs to be a better balance between, or, you know, work toward a better balance between that masculine and feminine. Yeah. Yeah. I am always outnumbered. You are. You <laughs> you are always outnumbered by a bunch <laughs> of dudes on the porch. Um Noah, again, man, thank you for taking the time with us, brother. I I Yeah, man. I really want all of us to hang out sometime. That's Yeah, man, I'm I'm going to be on the the I'll be in Southern California a lot in the coming years and cool. months. My, our daughter lives down there, so we're down there pretty frequently. So um, yeah. we'll stay in touch, man. And yeah, before sure. we go, tell everybody where they can find you and hear you and all the stuff. Yeah, they can find me on uh, Synchronicity is the podcasts on all the places and Instagram, Twitter, uh, the website, syncpodcast.com. And in a couple of months, probably less, we'll have this new membership thing rolling out for readings and live events and a lot of cool stuff coming Fun. out. So. Congratulations, oh, man. Also, I just yeah. wanted to say that last, I don't know if it was your last one, it probably wasn't, but um, Pussy Church. Oh, yeah. That is an excellent show. It's Thanks. So good. I'm still currently in the middle of listening to it. I am about three quarters of the way through and I am so excited about it. I'm sorry that the conversation didn't turn earlier to it, but like, I love what the, your context of the, all the shows that you have, like yeah. every, the, all the different, um, the people that you have, your yeah. ramblings, your, um, <laughs> all of it. It's I, just fun. Aaron turned thanks. me on to it and was like, Hey, you should listen to this. And I started listening and I was like, that was at a time where I just kind of had stopped listening to podcasts for a bit. And anyway, I just started listening to you again. And I'm just like grateful for your content and that's it, man. I, I appreciate it. I told Apple thanks. today, man, I, as we were driving home, listening to you, it was just you. It was one of your like 45 minute episodes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's fucking hard to do, man. Just by myself sitting there talking and to keep it, to keep, keep it the, going, to keep, keep the thread coherent. <laughs> fuck, yeah, dude. Thank yeah, you have a, a knack for that. Jedi. Yeah, you have a definite knack for that. And that so. That's my mind short. I was just going to think. I, I have not listened a lot. I've listened a little bit. First of all, I love your voice. You're very easy to listen to. <laughs> that's for, true. For me, that's I true. don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I, I have a hard time listening. I have a hard time listening to my own voice on our podcast. But I, but your voice is very, 
you're just very, you have a lot of subject matter that's very heavy, but unlike a lot of other people and books and things out there in the world, you make it uh, more, yeah, more accessible. approachable, more accessible yeah. because of who you are. And you also, I see that since Aaron's talked a lot about you, in fact, he just won't shut up about you sometimes, <laughs> but no, no, it's really affected him, like he said, and we see that because yeah. we are all so close and stuff. So I just want to thank you for coming on and for just being who you are, open and honest and soul. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I re- that really means a lot. I mean, obviously, if you just keep saying nice things about me, I'll come back on. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's our goal is to oh, wait, just like oh, wait, Mel, kiss, you, kiss your ass. Do you have the you... con list? That was the pros. Oh. What's the con? Oh, no, the cons, yeah. The con list. <laughs> I want to hear the con list is the more important one. Yeah, right. yeah I agree. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. This has been yeah, super fun. Yeah, and we'll do it again sometime. And if you're ever in Portland, you got a place to crash if you need it. For sure. I appreciate it. I probably will be there. Yeah. Right. For awesome. sure. Continued success with the podcast. And um, I will let you know when this drops. Cool. Thanks, guys. Cool, man. This Noah, thanks again for hanging out at the dinner evening, table brother. with us. All right. Bye-bye, guys. Have Bye. a good night. Did I hang up? Yes, I hung up. Hey. 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 Hi. Hey. That was fun. Hey. That was really fun. I feel good. Are you you feel good? That is yeah. yeah that wouldn't quit. That's the kind of deal. It was really it. quick. Hour I felt like yeah. Minutes. Well, because it's interesting. He does have a very. He, he's got a soothing, just nice voice, and he's he takes the stage so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very comfortable to listen to him talking. So we're gonna have to come up with a con list for him though. The con list is, um, you know, when you don't have people here, it takes on a whole new level. So the con is that he's not here in person okay so that's a con i'll go with that so everybody out there check out his podcast it is a synchronicity podcast on the mind pod network with noah lampert noah and for all of you that aren't listening to all the other podcasts on the osiris network and you're listening to this show you should check them all out that so after midnight is the series that osiris did for fish's big cypress 20 year anniversary and I have listened to it. A bunch of our listeners have listened to it and commented back to me about it. If you haven't listened to it, you need to check it out. It is astounding. Interviews with Trey and John and Mike and I haven't listened Tom Marshall yet. and just all of it. It's so awesome and well-produced and badass. You guys, I'm not going to steer you wrong. Just go check it out. It's really cool. Um, and remember, follow us on all the social media stuff and do all the things and be nice to each other. <laughs> do all the stuff and all the do things. Do all the stuff and things. Just do it. And so do, listen to Apple. And, do it. And uh, be nice to each other and yeah, take love care of yourself. One another. Yeah. Smile at a stranger. Love yourself. Feed your dog. And if you don't have a dog, don't feed him. Yeah. If you have right. a cat, pet your cat. Pet your cat. Bye.
here. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like this place. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.